problems can make you feel like God is distant and uncaring, or they can also be the very things that draw us closest to Him. I wonder if when we're in eternity looking back at our lives, if the darkest times are also our fondest memories, because it was then we were truly in the hand of the Father. In order to weather the storms of life, we need to anchor into our relationship with Jesus Christ. Learn how to anchor into our Lord on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hey Rebels, welcome to another edition of Rebel Parenting. I'm your host, Ryan Dobson, along with my wife, Laura, and we want to let you know it's not too late to sign up for the Fusion Marriage Workshop happening in Colorado Springs, Colorado, this February 23rd through 25th. It is unlike anything you've ever been to before. Wherever you're at in your marriage, Fusion will give it an upgrade. It did for Laura and I, and it has for so many of our friends. For more information, head to gapcommunity.com slash fusion and sign up for the Fusion Marriage Workshop happening February 23rd through 25th right here in Colorado Springs. Again, that's gapcommunity.com slash fusion. You know, I don't know about the rest of you, but here at Rebel, the last few months of 2017 were hard on our staff. They were for Laura and I, they were for our kids, they were for producer Kay and her family. There were too many sleepless nights and too many frustrated days. And throughout all of it, we have come back to our foundation in Jesus Christ. It's not always the first thing we do, we don't always do it well, which is why we loved talking to Micah Maddox about her book, Anchored In. And it's dealing with the struggles of life and the real ways we can work through them. This isn't cliche. This isn't esoteric. It's not, you know, generalized. These are real life ways you can work through the struggles in life when you know you're anchored in. So here's Micah Maddox on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Micah, thanks so much for coming on Rebel Parenting. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's our pleasure. Micah, your book Anchored In, I I really liked going through it. Our producer brought it to us, and she had been reading it. We've been looking through a bunch of the notes on it. And I thought about it in a different way. You're a pastor's wife, and Mm -hmm. lately I've been hearing different stories. My dad's dad, uh, my grandpa, was a pastor. And I was on a hunting trip recently, and... Uh, the man was won to the Lord by a pastor that made him go through premarital counseling. And this book anchored in, I know at times it's got to be hard to be a pastor's wife because it can be an amazing, amazing job. And it can be a job where everybody complains, mm-hmm. where you just hear, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's complaining lonely. about what mm-hmm. he's doing or something in their life, but you're hearing lots and lots of negative. What brought about this book? You know, what made you say, I've got to write about being anchored in that's that solid foundation? Yeah, you know, as a pastor's wife, it's it's hard to admit when you're not anchored. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, my right? Sure. <laughs> because sure, sure. it's like all eyes on you, glass house, and people mm. expect you, you to be, be anchored, right? Yep. yep. Um, so I was I was really going through a, a point in my life where God was anchoring me in a to a new level. I mean, just a new degree. Mm-hmm. And yeah. with that came some really heavy, heavy struggles that made me seek 
that deeper place with God. Mm. And um, so some of, some of those are things that happened a long, long time ago. And one of those things is um, my dad was a pastor. And um, when I was six years old, he walked away from the faith and he walked away from our family. Mm. And mm. Um, he, he hasn't come back to this day. And I, it wasn't until I looked into the eyes of my own little six-year-old girl that I really felt the depth of the abandonment mm-hmm. that I'd yeah. experienced, right? Isn't that amazing? Isn't that weird? Yes. It's such a How shock. To, I worked with a man, and, and uh, we worked together for a long time. He lost his dad when he was three. And he said, you know, it never, never bothered him. He just thought, you know, I mean, how much do you know a person at three? Come on, how silly. You know, I really didn't miss out on very much. Mm-hmm. When his son turned three, it devastated him. He couldn't imagine what it would be like to lose that relationship. And that's yep. a big deal for a six-year-old to to go through that experience, especially when he leaves a church and a family. So you've got right. others around mm. you. You know, you feel abandoned, and yet I'm sure your mom feels like she's got to, you know, comfort other people. And I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, it's, really it's hard just thing. devastating, right? Mm. Um, so I... I began really having to face something that I put to bed, put to rest for so many years. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that, also my husband was dying. He had this unknown illness. He was like Mm -hmm. the 30 year old man on the sixth floor and nobody knew what was wrong with him. And, um, so there I was, I had, I had these little children and I was a pastor's wife. My husband was sick. And also my, I was just grieving and searching for answers from God in this terrible season. And, um, out of that, God actually led us after my husband got better, led us to a new ministry. And at this new church, I began looking for my place to serve, you know, the perfect pastor's wife, where is she going to (laughs) go? And God um, really didn't have a place for me as far as in the church to serve. And I wrestled with that. And I'm like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm, I'm headed to church. This is our third week here. And nobody cares if I show up or not. And, um, God just so clearly said, you're going to write and you're going to write about how you forgave your dad and you're going to help other people and lead them into that forgiveness so that they Mm. can live a free life. And, um, so that's, that's where it came from. That's where it all started. And so that third week of the new church, I went home and I started with a 600 word blog post and here we are. Mm. (laughs) Micah, that's awesome. Can we just jump right in and, um, go? I, I love forgiveness. Ryan and I have this joke about forgiveness. If anything's going wrong in a relationship or with things, I go, well, there's probably unforgiveness. <laughs> yeah, joke. pretty much. <laughs> um, but could you just dive in? Where would someone start? Because I know there's tons of people out there oh my with goodness. dad stuff. I have mm. dad stuff. Ryan has dad stuff. Everyone has it. It yeah. doesn't matter. My kids but have dad where stuff. Where do people, where, <laughs> yeah. where do you start? Yeah. Oh, it's such a loaded question. And, you know, know, one of the things I always tell people, you know, you write a book and then people all of a sudden assume you're an expert. And um, I'm just, I feel like I'm just so unqualified and I'm not that. But um, what I would tell people is the first thing you got to do is you got to face it. You know, usually Mm. the reason there's unforgiveness is because we haven't really faced it. We've, we've coped, we've dealt with it the way that we think we can to survive. Um, and we just don't know how to thrive. Mm. And so the first thing is to face it head on. And I think that's the hardest part. That's, this is the hardest step Mm. of it all. Right. Yeah. Because it's sad. You know, it's, I think you're so right. We cope. We just kind of, 
well, it, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was, or uh, we can just get past this. We don't have to deal with it. And when you really sit down and face it, you have to grieve. You've got right. to say, I have a loss. I'm, I'm yes. sad. I'm wounded. I'm hurt. My feeling, whatever those things are. Yep. And we don't want that. We avoid it at all costs. We avoid pain in every way we can. And we just got to sit there and say, I'm hurt. It's true. It's true. And for me, it was out of sight, out of mind. And mm. I had to come to the place where I just, I, I realized I was abandoned by my dad. My dad was a pastor, a man of God. This is the facts of life, you know? Um, and then I had to face the facts that my dad wasn't perfect. He wasn't the perfect man that I knew. And then I had to face the fact that I am not perfect either. And just as my dad committed a sin in, you know, abandoning me or the church or whatever, I have committed sin. And when I began to see my own sin on the same level as my dad's, Mm. um, that's when I started to get it. And that's something that's really hard to do because, you know, we think of big sin, small sin, but God really showed me all sin, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so when I began to see my own sin and um, really face that, I began to have a compassion for my dad and not a, not a little girl, I love my dad compassion, but just a human. As human. A human, yeah. Right? <laughs> a little um, bit more respect for the humanity of your parents. Right, right. Because there's always that peace in my heart that loved my dad and wanted mm-hmm. a relationship with him as a little girl. But when the sin piece came and God gave me clarity in that area, uh, the forgiveness area where this is, this is real. This isn't just you were hurt. This is about another human being who also probably has dealt with some pain through his life, you know, of what he's done here. Um, you've got to realize that he needs forgiveness, but just like he does, you do too. And that that's probably step two is realizing we all sin. Mm-hmm. We know it, Definitely. Mm-hmm. but you know, we don't face it. Mm. Sure. You know, Micah, you talk in this about it's important to go back, not put the past in the past. And, you know, you've broken the book down into past power and present power. How are you drawing power from going back and and reliving these things? Some people just say, hey, listen, it's in the past in the past. Just put it back there. Let's just brush it under the rug. Or they become a victim to it and they allow that story to dictate every single action that they have going on. Right. So there's the flip side of both. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I get that totally because I lived the victim mentality for a while. And totally. um, We all do. I mean, come on. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And, you know, a lot of people have I I get this question on every interview about the past because, you know, we should put the things behind us and move on. Um, But for me, I was pretending the past away. So I was living a Mm. fake life. You know, I was thinking. I was trying to pretend like I was someone that I was not. So I had I had to go back to that place and resolve some of those issues and feelings before I could move forward at all. How did you know that? How did, How did you that? know to go back? Um, you know, it, it was that moment of looking at my little girl, that moment mm. of seeing myself in her little eyes, her little innocent eyes, you know, mm. and remembering that moment in my dad's office. You know, I remember my mom reading that note to us and um, saying, you know, dad says he'll have, we'll have a better life without him. But she took us in her arms and we knelt down on the ground right there and prayed right away. And I, I had to go back there because mm. I had I had to remember, you know, one, my mom, such a strong woman Courageous. to say, hey, God yeah. has brought us this far. He will not leave us now. We are going to rise up and we are going to move forward from here. And um, 
if, if I wouldn't have gone back to that place, if I wouldn't have looked back on what had happened, mm-hmm. I would never be able to move forward. Okay. Well, I would yeah. hang, I would you know, to it. I yeah. want to commend your mom in that because, you know, we deal with divorce all the time these days. I mean, it's 2017, 2018, we deal with divorce all the time. Mm-hmm. And the way she handled that showed you even in times of crisis, even when times where someone dumps their commitment and abandons a family, you know where to look. The oh, anchor yeah. in your life said, hey, in this moment, what are we going to do? Are we going to badmouth them? Are we going to yell? Are we going to scream? We're going to go to the Lord right now. Let's get on our knees. Let's yeah. go to the Lord. Yeah. And I think that's the foundation of, of my life. My, my mom and her just, she's just an amazing godly woman. And she constantly quoted to us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, you know, mm. looking to Jesus in everything we do, that's what we're going to do. And now here I am, the mom of four children and saying the same thing, mm. look to Jesus. What do we Amen. do right now? We look to Jesus. And mm. I hope and pray my kids one day will carry on that same, same legacy. It's amazing. Yeah. Hmm. Micah, what was it like when your husband did get sick? Because, you know, he's a pastor, he's the leader, you know, that's kind of the world that we live in. And to say, you know, what are we going to do? You know, here's the provider for the family mm. and we <laughs> don't have out. any idea what's going on. I have, I was born with an autoimmune disease. And so Laura and I have dealt with something similar to this, but that's yeah. a scary situation to say, you know, you've got all this personal stuff and you've got familial stuff and you've got, you know, how do you provide stuff? There's so many layers to it. How do you yeah. stay anchored in in the middle of all this? Yeah, you know, um, this is <laughs> such a such a deep place in my life. It was just, it's almost like I look back and I was just walking through a dream um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when I think mm-hmm. back about it. But I'll tell you what carried me through and what kept me from losing my mind, honestly, is <laughs> Psalms. Because I, I feel like David could relate to the depths of my pain. Yeah. And I would open the word and I would read those words and I would pray those words because I couldn't come up with my own words, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that is what carried me through. And I know it sounds so spiritual. Um, it, it's, it's not a super spiritual thing that was going on here, but it was just God speaking to his daughter, telling her, you know what? I am your strength. I am your light in this dark hospital hallway. I am with you. And and when I, I had my Bible sitting there and every day I would open it up, that, that is what got me. That's what kept me through. I mean, there is just no other way. People want to have like, you know, a really cool science to, oh, what did you do? And how do you make it? Yeah. God's word. That's how I yep. made it. That's, it's that's the it. best way, though. <laughs> I had a similar experience in college. Simple. I was in a hospital watching a friend of mine. I thought he was going to pass. Mm. And a teacher said, you know, you ought to go into the Psalms. And I just went, Really? You want me to sing praises? Oh, my goodness. I remember being so sarcastic about it. And he gave me this funny look, and he goes, oh, you haven't read the Psalms. (laughs) And he gave me an assignment. He said to go through and highlight weeping, moaning, crying, tears, Uh you know, when David yelled at the Lord. And it it just gave me so much freedom that the Lord is bigger than me being angry or sad or weeping or exhausted and I can yell and scream and he's still there. He's still there going, yep, still here, still here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, I think that's my heart's cry through this book is just to Mm -hmm. let, let people know. And, you know, specifically women that it's okay to cry y'all. Like it's okay to cry and to scream. (laughs) But my mentor says, she always tells me cry harder. (laughs) Right. Right. 
We need it, though, because, you know, when we don't face it, when we don't admit it, we cope and we never find freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And resisting the suffering doesn't produce what we think we want either. It's true. Mm -hmm. So true. Micah, you talk about listening to God's voice. I hear this all the time. People say, well, how do you know God's speaking to you? How do you know? And my response usually is it's practice. You got to practice. You got to listen and you got to, you know, throw it up against the wall of scripture and ask wise people around you and you got to keep practicing. You've got a great story about hearing the Lord from your son. Can you Mm -hmm. tell that? Yeah. So one night, this was um, after my husband was better and, you know, things were going pretty good. We're in a good season, but I was just having one of those blah days. You know, we all have Mm -hmm. those days. And I went in to, um, tuck my little boy in and pulled up the covers. And, um, he says, mommy, listen. And I said, what? And he said, God's God speaks to us. I said, how does God speak to us? He said, God speaks quiet to us. And I said, Mm -hmm. what does he say? And he looks up at the sky and he looks back down at me and he said, he says he loves us. Mm-hmm. And as, as I sat there on his bed, I just, I just started bawling and I said, you are right. God speaks quiet and he loves us. Mm-hmm. And God told me right there in that moment, Hey Micah, I'm, I'm talking to you, girl. I got you. I'm with yeah. you. I'm walking with you. And if yeah. you know nothing else about me, I love you. I love you. And I think it's those little moments that God speaks. You know, sometimes it's for me, it's from a breeze you know, and I can feel the, the wind on my face and I, God loves me. I got to remember, you know, it's sometimes the, the, I look out my back door and the sun will come shining in and it'll shine right in my face and right in my eyes. And I have to remember mm-hmm. God loves me. He sees mm-hmm. me. He is shining his, on my face right this second, you know, mm-hmm. always. Um, always. It's those little mundane moments. God is speaking to us. I think all the time. And I think a lot of us miss it because it's mm-hmm. that still quiet voice that he uses it is and it's the one i think it's the one where we just we for you're right we forget you know mm-hmm. our pastor a couple of weeks ago you know he was talking about the lord wants you wants your marriage to be better than you want it to be better he wants yeah. your relationship with your kids to be greater than you mm-hmm. want it to be greater and mm-hmm. and he wants you to be you know more prosperous than you want to be prosperous and I was with my dad last week. I was actually in a deer blind with my son. I've got my 11-year-old and my 81-year-old dad. And and we were talking about how much the Lord loves us in context to how much I love my son and Mm. seeing my dad love me the way I love my son. And you just forget that he loves us more. We can't even comprehend it. It's not even available to us. There's no narrative to explain it, but Mm -hmm. we have to keep reminding ourselves, you're right, he loves us. He loves Mm -hmm. us. He cares about us. So, yep. Micah, in that context, um, how do you find um, your dreams and your hopes, and what, like, what is God telling you? I'm just yes. curious. So, so for me, I have learned that God is usually telling me something different than what I am like thinking or feeling. <laughs> I should be hearing, right? Yeah. <laughs> So I have these ideas of what life should be. And I'm like, God, if you could just work it out like this and the next step would be this, that would be great. But that's Mm -hmm. usually not the way it is. Um, You know, I talk about letting God define your dreams. And with that, I've learned that my God's dreams for me are often very different. But when I listen to God's voice, I can hear what he's telling me. Um, And I, I think that if, you know, if someone is, looking for God. If they're looking to hear from God and they want to hear more from him, they open his word. God's going to show you, right? God's going to show you what he wants you to hear. And, and for us, 
that that has looked different than we have thought it would. One of the things that looks different for us is that God called us into foster care. That's something that we never, oh. ever, ever, ever dreamed of doing. We really were uneducated about and didn't know anything about. Um, but Our I producer, sh- Kay, is doing the same thing. Is she? Okay. She is. She's following Yay. right behind you. She's yeah. only got four kids. You know, it's yeah, just, hey. just kind of like you. I know, I know all about it. And it seems so bizarre and it seems so crazy. And it seems like, really, God, is that what you really want us to do? But, um, you've been God, around long enough to know that that's yeah. exactly what God wants you right? to do. Right. And <laughs> God just shows you so clearly and he showed us so clearly that that's it. That's it. And, you know, where we have, we have other dreams and other things and thoughts that we, you know, might think our life should look like, and that's not it. But then mm-hmm. what happens is you, you take a step in that direction that God's calling you and you find out this is, this is bigger than I ever could have dreamed or imagined. This is Isn't better. That exciting. Right. Oh, so exciting. And yeah. it's just amazing what God, what God can do when we give our own dreams up and we let him do it, you know, mm-hmm. and surrender. Yeah, surrender. That's what it all comes down to. It comes down to surrender. And I just see redemption in my life, you know, Um, being a little girl who's abandoned. And now I sit across the table from a little boy, you know, with no daddy on his birth certificate and mom struggling. And, Mm. you know, we sit here and tell him, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You're a good boy. You're a good boy. And um, he'll say, I'm a good boy. And I'm like, yes, this is it. This is it right here. Yep. This is a, this is the dream that God oh, planned for us. May God you know? multiply your ministry. Thank mm. you. Thank yeah, you. It's amazing. Mm. You know, Micah, there are times where we're talking to the Lord and we hear him talking right back. And when the sun shines, we do know that he loves us. There's also times where we just think, where are you, Lord? Where you feel like David, where he says, I'm weary with my moaning. I'm drenched my bed with my tears. Where are you? Mm-hmm. you know, what do you talk? What do you say to the person that just says, I'm not? I, you know, it's interesting now. I, I try to get in my prefrontal cortex and I say, I know I'm not going to feel this way forever. It feels <laughs> that way right now. But factually, I have to tell my, it, and it rarely helps, but I tell myself it's going to help. What do you say right. to the person that just feels like, I don't feel the Lord, I feel down, I want to hear his voice, I'm hearing yeah. nothing? Yeah, so God gave me a word from him, and I share this with so many people. I'm, I share this almost daily, mm. and it is transformational thinking comes when I see truth instead of trauma. And what that is, is, you know, we're all going to have bad days, we're all going to have struggles, we're all going to have trauma, some big scale, some small scale. Yes, and they can take front seat, you know, easily. That's easily. normal. Yep. And they do <laughs> at certain seasons. Sure. Right? Right. Yep. Um, sure. But transformational thinking comes when I, when I can see truth. What is truth? Truth is God's word. What does God's word say about this today? What does God's word say about me? What does God's word say about my children? What does God's word say about my marriage and my life? And when I can replace the trauma with truth, that's when I can transform my thoughts. So when, when I'm having an off day, when I'm struggling, I know where to go. I know to go to God's word. Do I always do it? Sometimes I really screw it up. <laughs> Sometimes I don't. I don't do it. But I know that if I can go to the truth and I can see, hey, Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you, Micah. Yeah. You know, that's when I can live beyond the trauma of my life, small scale or large scale. Micah, I love, I love that. Thank you. Um, we got into this last night talking about trauma, and and I know people listening uh, 
like you said, big trauma, little trauma, it's happened. And I was in this conversation just going, wouldn't it be great if that trauma didn't have you anymore? Like you can still have it. It's still in my story. It's still in my narrative, but it doesn't hook me. It doesn't dictate anything about my vision or my purpose or my calling. Yeah. Um, It's actually a provision from God to minister to others. And I I, I Uh. love the way you've anchored into your trauma and and you're in ministry, which (laughs) you can tell you've walked in forgiveness. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I love I love. I love to look back at what God has done in my life. Here's why. Not because I I can say, oh, look at me. You know, my dad was in ministry and he yeah. made a mistake. And now look at me. Here I am. You know, I'm in ministry too. But here's why. Because when I was a teenage girl, I remember God speaking to me. at a. I went to a small little Christian school and we were at a chapel service. And I remember hearing from God at, at 14. And mm-hmm. God said to me, Micah, one day you're going to finish what your dad started. And I did, I did not know what that meant. You know, at that age, I thought, what did I hear wrong? You know, but I held on to that and I wrote that in my journal and I clung to that through college Mm -hmm. and all these years later. And now, you know, you know, I don't know if this is it, if this is, you know, me finishing what God, you know, started. But what I do know is that God has gotten so much glory out Mm -hmm. of my trauma so Mm -hmm. much and it, it doesn't define who I am. Mm-hmm. but it demonstrates who God is, right? Perfect. Yeah. I love right? it. That's the great distinction. So yes. anyone struggling out there, it can give glory to God. That's right. Right, right. So, yep. face And it. I love how it doesn't define you because it does for a lot of people. And that's really kind of how it is in today's culture. You know, in, in mm-hmm. modern culture, we go on TV because I'm a so-and-so <laughs> and my past is my present. You know, that's who I am. Right. I'm defined by this. I am, you know, a former you know, survivor of whatever in, and I, I, I appreciate it, but we have to move on from it. We have to have a future. We can't just live in that past all the time. It can't be our definer. No, no. Right. Mm. Yeah. We'll never be able to live, you know, victorious if Mm. we're continually living the victim life. It just won't work. Definitely. Micah, one of the things we love about your book is how experiential it is. And you've got prayers and you've got different things in it. Talk about Mm -hmm. praying power. Talk about why you included those prayers in there, because it's something you can do in groups. But having those prayers at the end of each chapter are important. It's important to, I was so nuts. I was going to say anchor those into us. We use that language (laughs) too. But that's exactly right. It's why you have, yeah. Marketing. It's it's just, it's it's right though. That's exactly what it is. We, Mm -hmm. We feel that way. Yeah, you know, I included those prayers because I I get asked a lot, you know, I just don't know what to say to God. I don't know how to pray about this anymore. And mm. um, I, f- I feel like, you know, if I, if I have been there where I don't know what to say either and where there's no more prayers. Yeah. And this book is written for the person, the woman who is hurting, who mm. may be in that place where she has no more words. You know, there's mm. just no more words to say and tears are about it and the tears have dried up you know, sometimes, and there's just nothing else. And you kind of shake your head and say, okay, God, you know, where are you? And, um, so these prayers came out of really just personal, personal reflection in reflecting on, you know, what would the woman who's struggling the most say to God right now, if she's found the truth she needs in the word, now what? Now what does she say to God? Mm-hmm. And the focus of the prayer is shifted to from me to he, so from myself to God. Mm-hmm. And that that's where I find that 
um, that I've got it when I, that's when I realize that I'm anchored, when my prayers are no longer help me, God, help me, God, when I can say, God, you are mighty, God, you are holy. That's when I've learned to live anchored in. Mm. Oh man, that's awesome. So we heard a couple things. (laughs) We heard that you like Dr. Pepper. I love Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I stopped this morning I'm and bought one right my now. husband so one happy. just in honor of you. Awesome. Yes. So, Dr. Pepper's where it's at. <laughs> have you had the Dublin Dr. Pepper where they make it with real I, sugar? Of course, I have. Oh, cool. I grew up in like, Dallas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh. There's well, a uh, there's um, a store in town that carries rare soda, and they have it from that bottling I, company still. I'm yeah. super jealous. <laughs> Um, I was going to ask you one more question, Micah. Do you have mentors, uh, people around you? What does your community look like? I just want to share with the leaders. You've shared your experience. You've been vulnerable. Thank you. Um, And just tease it out what it looks like for the people listening. Yeah, so I have um, an amazing group of women at my church that um, come around me and pray for me and um, lead me and are there to help me if I need it. Um, Mm -hmm. We have a women's ministry team, and I'm part of that. And so that's Mm -hmm. part of my group. We also have about 10 pastor's wives um, that I am able to be a part of and really glean from there. Um, And then I also, I am so blessed to have my mom right here in town. So um she is still continuing awesome. to be just a spiritual prayer warrior for me. That's probably her, her main goal in my life. Or, you know, is just yeah. she just mm-hmm. prays for me um, a lot and constantly. And I appreciate that. And then, um, you know, they say you have just like a handful of like best dear friends. I'm yeah. I'm. I'm blessed to have friends af- from afar that, you know, I can shoot a text or I can call on the phone and say, hey, I need I prayer need you know, I need yeah. it. I, I need something. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's so important to surround your people, surround yourself with people that are smarter than you, more spiritual than you, got it together more than Amen. you. That's what Ryan and you know? I do. Yep. Right? Shout out to all you smart friends I have. <laughs> oh, I, I do. That, I love that you said that because I do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't know if other people do that, but like the homeschool I'm in, all the women I work with, I, they're just top notch and where we go to church I feel like everyone's just top notch knows the word we just surround ourselves with healthy well people Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really it's really important because then, like for me, when I do reach the woman who is in the depths of despair, I'm I'm filled up and ready yep. for her, you know, yep. and I can give her a word of encouragement because of the other people who poured into me. For sure, right? Because so. you're not totally empty then, right? Micah, yeah. thanks for coming on the program. We appreciate it. We love this book. We love Anchored In. We like that it's rooted in Scripture, that that's what you're going back to, and that's why we had you on today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Anytime. Rebels, I hope after listening to today's program, you feel more anchored in and anchored into your relationship with Jesus. If not, you can pick up Micah Maddox's book. You can find it on Amazon or wherever Christian books are sold. Also, don't forget, it's not too late to sign up for the Fusion Marriage Workshop happening in Colorado Springs, Colorado, this February 23rd through 25th. Again, I promise, this is unlike anything you've been to before. This is not a large group lecture format where you sit there taking notes, elbowing your spouse when you feel it's appropriate. This is an interactive workshop. I promise, wherever you're at in your marriage, Fusion will give it an upgrade. For more information, head to gapcommunity.com slash fusion. 
That's gapcommunity.com slash fusion and sign up for the Fusion Marriage Workshop happening this February 23rd through 25th right here in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Rebels, thank you so much for listening. We love you. If you need anything, if you need help, if you need prayer, if you want to suggest a topic, you can email me directly, help at rebelparenting.org. We love you. God bless, and we'll see you next week.